Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Awesome. Now you can follow the show as well on Twitter and Instagram at True North CF Pod and Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So let's jump quickly into the CFL news. So Ottawa finally made the right decision and fired their general manager, Marcel oh. Desjardins. This week. Time. Wild. Yep. Really? Uh any more thoughts than it's about damn time? Yeah, I, no, just, I know. Mm. I, I just gonna say I thought it was hilarious, like his tweet that he exited with, like just going home to my wife. I love it. Got fired by the Red Blacks. And <laughs> yeah, he's just oh it's about time they did it. So yeah, good for Ottawa. And remember, kids, there is a very important moral in this story. So that moral is if you are you could be the best employee at your job and it doesn't mean anything. What is important is that you kiss up to your boss because when management had to pick between Rick Campbell and this guy, they chose this guy because this guy <laughs> was buddies with management more so than Rick Campbell. So that is the moral of today's episode. Kiss up to your boss. Even if you're not the best employee, you might <laughs> stick around longer. Dang, man. Wow. <laughs> it's That's true. <laughs> and then Stampeders have confirmed they have five or six key players that are unvaccinated. Yikes. Not good going into the playoffs where they don't allow vaccinated players in the finals. You yep. gotta you gotta get it situated, dude. No doubt. The bombers have have they secured first place yes, or are they, they just have. locked oh, in the yeah. playoffs? They have. They are oh. they, have, they have clinched the West. Nice. Yeah. With that forty five nothing victory, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Andrew Harris has been put on the sixth game. That's not good. Raylan Addison. Sorry, just yeah. wanted to say, it doesn't necessarily look like they missed him too much, especially with the re-emergence of Johnny Augustine last game, but anyway. Oof. And then, Braylon Addison also left the Hamilton game with a leg injury. Yikes. Oh, Levi is now the Stamps' all-time completions leader in Stamps history. Wow, that's impressive, because Stamps have had a lot of good quarterbacks over the years. Doug Flutie, Jeff Garcia, and others, like, damn. Dickinson, Burris, yeah. Yep. But even Doug Flutie said Bo Levi's the best uh, stampeder of all time. Yep. And so he's looking him. like his old self now, so maybe he gets those NFL callbacks this year. So the Argos have also signed Canadian defensive back DeAndre Wright. Good move by them. Alouettes have re- signed return specialist Martise Jackson, formerly of Edmonton and Toronto. And probably the biggest news of this week is the Elks traded a third-round pick and Chad Kelly's rights to the Argos in exchange for Nick Arbuckle. Ooh. Wow, that's juicy. Some heavy movement in the CFL lately. 
Yeah. Dude, it, it's exciting. And personally, um, I don't know if you guys saw. Um, geez, I forget where I even saw it from. I think it was Rod Peterson was talking about how like the it was like, oh, the CFL, all the quarterbacks shuffle around. And then somebody brought up. It's like, no, no, they don't. Seven out of nine quarterbacks started where they did last year in the CFL. Whereas like in the NFL, there are 12 new quarterbacks on teams. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like it's hey, but that's not the that's not the uh, storyline that generates the clicks, is it? To be fair, though, if you look at the percentage and not necessarily the number, it's not too different. Isn't the percentage still like double, though? No, because there's 32 teams in the NFL, and yeah, 12 of them are. That's like a. I'm. I've got a calculator here. Let's do 12 divided by 32. <laughs> let's do it. Equals 37.5 percent. Now let's do two out of nine. That's about 22 percent. So it's about a 10 percent difference. Between the leagues. That's not too, too much, I would say. I still think that, like, I, I mean, I just still don't like the comparison, though. Or not the comparison, but, like, I just don't like the whole storyline that they're trying to develop. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, yeah. did you guys, did you guys hear about Nick Arbuckle's year he's had? Like, they were, I think they were tweeting about it today, saying, like, uh, he's been on, it was, I think they said four different teams. Yeah. And like he's had like a child in the past. Okay, last 36 They're months. They're winning the cup. They're winning the cup. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. The new, he's the new Zacaleros. But here, exactly. last 36 months, Nick, Nick Arbuckle has been in four cities, watched his wife give birth, and opened up about his mental health. And yeah, like he's just, it's been a hell of a year for him. So yeah. I, I think he'll probably find a permanent home in Edmonton, though, because I don't think Cornelius is really going to be pushing him that much. No. So. Argo's head coach, Ryan Dinwiddie, confirms that McLeod Bethel-Thompson is now the face of the franchise. How I do we it. feel about it? It's a good God. quote. That's a really good soundbite. Dude knows how to make headlines. Yeah, Next. no doubt, hey. I mean, like, I mean, we'll get there in this next segment, but uh, some people were kind of surprised after last week's game. For sure. Now let's get to that next game. Toronto lost to Montreal, 37-16. So, with Stanback's huge performance, is he the best running back in the league? Uh, this year, I'd say so. Uh, like it's, I think if Andrew Harris had a full season under his belt, we'd, like it'd be a tough toss-up. But uh, this year, I'm going to give it to William Stanback. Like it's just when he's going up against, it doesn't matter who it seems like. He's uh, he's putting up numbers, so yeah, I'd, I'd say he's the best this year. Yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. I was like, he's the best this year. He's the best right now. But if we're just talking overall, like yeah, if everybody had the exact same playing time, I'd say Andrew Harris probably still. But right now, with all things considered, it's got to be Standback. Well, for me, it's a toss up, and I'll t- explain why. It's between him and James Wilder, and I think. Standback's a little bit better of a runner than Wilder, but Wilder is a significantly better uh, receiver out of the backfield, in my opinion, than Standback. That's fair. So, for me, if I had to pick between the two, it's it's close to a coin flip, but I lean towards Wilder just because he has that extra element that Standback necessarily doesn't have. Fair enough. So what caused Toronto to lose so badly? 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to give it two reasons. Uh, well, I, I think throwing four interceptions is not good. And uh, they did not utilize DJ Foster. They had him starting on the depth chart, and then they tried to throw John White out there. And he had one run that was 10 yards, and that was about it for him. He did not have a good rest of his game. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think they utilized the right players. But uh, Curly Gittens had a heck of a game. So, uh, yeah, they're just in the wrong spots. They need to go around more, sorry. Speaking of Curly G- Gittens, let me plug our interview with him real quick. You can go find on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I look at the stat sheet, and you want to know what's the most jarring thing? Four picks to no touchdowns. Yep. This is your face of the franchise? <laughs> man, like, Carter flaming him. Let's go. Let's, like... I mean, that's just, that's rough, man. Like, all yeah. I'm saying is McLeod Bethel-Thompson nearly matched your running back in yards, and he only scrambled once, or Damn. ran once. I don't know if it was a scramble or a run, but he only did it once, and he was one yard shy. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. Just, that definitely doesn't help. Uh, Probably the biggest, I would say, criticism of MBTs is inconsistent like this. Like, he'll all out for a while and then he'll have like series of games like this so there and i think probably this goes to the curse of the bye week because teams that come off the bye week are statistically worse so i think that also has something to do with it and then if you're montreal we might have a qb controversy on our hands do you start Trevor Harris, as soon as you can, or you ride out with Schiltz. See, yeah, and that that's going to be the tough one because Schiltz has won. He won last week. He came in for the injured Vernon Adams. He won this week against the number one Toronto Argonauts in the East. So, like, if he's rolling, I don't see why you take him out. But you really also want to see what you got in Trevor Harris and what chemistry he can create with these receivers and his running backs. So. I think you got to give him some playing time, but I think Schultz is like, I don't see how they couldn't ride with Schultz at this point unless he starts losing. Yeah, no, you have to, you have to keep going with what you're going with. If it was sort of the end of the year for them and they weren't looking like a team that was going to be making the playoffs, I'd say roll with uh, like, try out your new stuff, see what you got. But right now you just got to stick with whatever works and sure you might have a better QB in Trevor Harris for that system, but you know that Schultz is winning. Man, this is a really tough decision. Because Trevor Harris has been there and done that. And I don't think they're keeping him around next year. So they traded for him to play this year. So I think you have to. Because gave up assets to bring him in for this specific season. So you have to use him. So for me, I think you have to start Trevor Harris unless you're given a very good reason not to, like he has a bad game out of the gun or something. So, let's jump to the next game. Ottawa got schlacked by Hamilton, 32-3. to So, what are our thoughts on Devlin Hodges, the Ducks' first game in the CFL? Uh, well, I thought it was kind of like a typical kind of first game in the CFL. He only threw 16 passes, and uh, but it, it, I mean, it wasn't bad. He only threw one interception, but he just kind of he didn't look uh, too comfortable. I don't think it's all his fault, though. He does not have a good old line in front of him. 
Uh, like they, they're just been struggling to keep the quarterback standing this year. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, th- I think that plays a factor. Like, but he also could have played a lot worse than he did. Like, I don't, he didn't even play the whole game, but, uh, yeah, yeah, could have played a lot worse. Yeah, that's fair. But like, I saw somebody on Twitter was talking about how it's like, uh, I love seeing quarterbacks realize, oh my God, this game is way too fast. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what happened. Goes in maybe a little bit overconfident, like, oh, this is just the CFL. I'm going to smoke this. And then they just get absolutely wrecked, you know? Yeah. For me, uh, kind of right, it is a bit of a typical one. I think part of it is that he probably wasn't expecting to play a ton because he was the backup. And I think their plan was to have Caleb Evans play this full game, but he got benched and Devlin Hodges kind of got thrown into the fire. And I don't know. I thought he did okay for a quarterback in that kind of situation where you basically lost the game. You know, Hamilton's just pinning their ears back. You can't really do much. So decent. I'm curious to see if he does get the start and like a full week prepping as the starter, how he'd perform. Yeah, that's what I want to see, too, to be honest. Because, yeah, they, they gave him a three-year deal, so they, they must think he's the real deal. So you got to give him some time this year to see what you have. Well, they've already kind of commented on that today, saying that, uh, or I guess yesterday and today, just uh, this the rest of the year is going to see, like, they're going to test things out and see how people do. So, yeah, I'm really hoping we get to see him even start a game. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not at this point. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're out of the playoffs. You you should start him for a game or two this year, you'd think. And then, where do you rank Mazzoli among other QBs in the league? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I was just kind of thinking about that. And earlier today, I was like, well, you may be top five, but then you look at that list and it's like, I, like, I can't put him above... Bo Levi or Mike Riley or Zach Claros or Cody Fajardo right now. And even, you know, talking about Vernon Adams and, oh, that's tough. Like, I think he's in the top top 10, but it's not hard to be in the top 10. But, uh, yeah, I that's where I'd probably put him in the top 10. But uh, I'm not exactly sure. It's a tough, tough race in there. All I'll say is that um, if I was Dane Evans, I'd be pulling my hair out. Like, <laughs> She had a good game. Like, no, no, no. Masoli had a good game, but like, I feel like Dane Evans has gotten no shot this year really to do anything. Well, he was good and then he got hurt. Masoli came in and he's looking like Masoli, right? So, yeah, but it's just like, dang. See, that's lead a team to the Grey Cup and then all of a sudden you're back on the backup bench. (laughs) Yeah. Tough, but I mean, like, uh, Masoli threw. 220 against Montreal and then 360 against Toronto and 320 against Ottawa with four touchdowns and no turnovers. It's like he he's been playing pretty good lately, like not consistently this year, but he's been playing really good as of late. For sure. I don't know where I'd put Mazzola. I think he's probably we're gonna do a quarterback uh I'd say maybe a tier list in the offseason, but as for where Mazzoli ranks numerically, he's probably a he's top eight quarterback in the league. I think I'd put him there. I'm not sure where to put him higher than that. I'd have to actually go and make a list. But yeah, for me, he's definitely top eight. And then 
Does Hamilton still have a shot to get first place in the East? Uh, I I don't think so. I think it, Montreal and Toronto are going to duke it out, and uh, the way Montreal's playing, I think they're going to come out on top and host that East final. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, Hamilton will be traveling if they if they win that first game. Yeah, I think they'll be traveling to Montreal. Yeah, I think that's what makes the most sense. But honestly, I could even see them traveling to Toronto. Could see Montreal sneaking out the uh the division. Ooh, yeah. But, oh yeah. Oh, that's what I was saying. Sorry, like yeah, if they beat Toronto, then they'd have to travel oh, to Montreal. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Cool, 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 cool. But yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, this that fight for second in the East definitely is a bit more interesting than the first spot. I think number one right now is Toronto's to lose, whereas Montreal Hamilton. I like both those teams. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of which one of them comes out on top. And like we said, there probably isn't a crossover this year unless, like I said, Nick Arbuckle puts Edmonton on his back and just carries them somehow the crossover. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I'm not sure. It's going to be close. I think they're probably going to get second or third, though. And let's move down on to the beatdown of the week, which surprisingly does not involve the Red Blacks. <laughs> Winnipeg absolutely took BC out back and beat the living crap out of them. 45 nothing. This is a team with playoff aspirations. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the 2019 BC Lions gladly graced us with their appearance this week. So... What is wrong with BC that they couldn't score one point? They've been outscored 114 to 19 in the last three games. An interesting stat for you there. Yeah, like that's just, that's gross. Like they, oh. And you know, you kind of think about it like Lucky Whitehead's been out that whole time. And it's like if, if you depend on one guy and it's not your quarterback that bad, your team has a problem. Like to not be able to put up three points in a game, three points. Even you get one for a missed field goal, like yeah, yeah. It's just oh, that it's it's shameful. I feel bad for that new owner that just got that team to put that shellacking on. But uh, I'm gonna say like I mean yeah, it's just it's the offense. They just I mean Mike Riley couldn't stand up. The running game got going a bit, but then they stopped, and it just yeah, they just could not get rolling. So just not. I'm gonna say like not good play by Mike Riley. He only threw. I mean he didn't even complete fifty percent. So it's just. Not a good game for him. Yeah, it's he doesn't he doesn't have his number one, and that shows. But like after that, it's just not great either way. You know, yeah. Like I don't even know what to say really. Like, yeah. Let, I want let me check the the defensive stats. Like some of these players had pretty decent nights. Like a couple of guys had seven tackles. Um, T.J. Lee had six. Marcus Sales had five. But like, talk about having a regression too about Marcus Sales, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, for sure. And and for me, it comes down to a difficulty of opponent. Their last three teams they faced is Winnipeg, the Stampeders, Winnipeg again, and before that Saskatchewan. So they haven't gone up against some middling defenses like other teams have. So that's definitely part of it. And I think part of it is teams are figuring out that DC, for whatever reason, does not like to run the football. 
and I don't know why because they I think their running backs are capable at least. So I think part of it's their game script and difficulty of opponent for BC. Like they only let their running back run six times. Like that's like that's that's not cool. Yeah, like the CFL like, is a passing league, but six is a bit low, you know. Yeah, like that's you're too one dimensional. Exactly. Yeah. And then let's go to the next point here. Does anyone have a chance of beating Winnipeg before the playoffs or in the playoffs? I guess I should say. Mm, well, yes. I mean, either. Like, <laughs> like I mean, honestly, like it's you know, there's a reason why we play the games. You know what I mean? Like, it's if we just went off statistics, then you might as well give the cup to the team now. But there's a reason why we're going to play every game. Upsets are going to happen. So, I mean, what, the Bombers starting up for the playoffs had, what, like, a 5% chance to make it through? And so, like, the, you know, you just, you got to play out the games. I don't know what else to say yeah, about that, I mean, really. Like, Yeah, anything can happen. I think realistically, the only teams that could beat Winnipeg at this point are Toronto and Saskatchewan. It's just the right. Well, oh, speaking of uh, speaking of Arbuckle, isn't oh, yeah. it weird how the only quarterback to beat Winnipeg has been traded from his team? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> Elks might be playing some four D chess there. There you well, go. It's a bit late for them, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> next year. Next year. Yep. And then. What has been the biggest part of Winnipeg's success this year? Uh, in in my opinion, it's a it's a healthy Zach Caleros because they haven't had to depend on Andrew Harris, and uh, Zach's just been lights out this year. The decent the defense has just been the defense for the past few years, so you know they're consistent. But Zach's had some struggles, but uh, he has not had any struggles this year. Like he is the best quarterback in the league by far. So. Like besides the defense playing the way they are, I'm gonna say Z- uh, Zach Claros. Yeah, I'm gonna say there's more emphasis on the defense playing. The defense we are literally watching an historically all-time great defense right now yeah. in the yeah. CFL. In the fourth quarter against the Bombers, it's literally a fifty-fifty coin flip if you're going to score a single point against them. Yeah, exactly. Like that like, just says it all right there. Exactly for. Me, it's you got to shout out the personnel in Winnipeg putting together basically a brand new def, uh, defensive backfield from scratch, basically, and having out this good. And I think again, Zach Kalaros kind of reverting back to his old self is a huge benefit for Winnipeg because he he's looked very good this year. He looked a lot better than he did in Saskatchewan, and just. I don't know. He looks great, and you love to see it. And then let's jump to probably the closest game of the week, where Saskatchewan beat Calgary twenty to seventeen and avoid the sweep. So, what did you guys think of Bo Levi Mitchell's performance? Uh, well, like he definitely had his good moments, but uh, to throw those couple picks there to those rookie DBs. Uh... Yeah, like he he definitely had an on and off night. Uh, it, like he had a great first half. Like he was looking pretty good there, and just trickled in the second half. So you can't you can't be doing that going into the playoffs. Like you're just asking for trouble. So uh, I'd be a bit worried. Like I mean, I wouldn't be looking at Jake Mayer by any means, but uh, like I'd just be 
be a little worried going into the playoffs here that you guys can't play four quarters and win the game because that like in my opinion that was Calgary's game to lose. So uh yeah, like it's just yeah, you gotta be a little little cautious here. No. Um that was absolutely like watching that game, my brain was on the floor. Because I was writing basically um for my job, I was writing my recap for the bomber game and I had the uh I had this game on in the background and I was just looking at it and I was like Calgary is doing everything they can to give this game to Saskatchewan. Yep. Like, I, I it just, I feel like Bo's got to play better. He's got to stop forcing it. Like, he's like, Bo, you're not the gunslinger right now. Like, yep. you got to play like a regular quarterback and get your swagger back. I don't know. Yeah, he came kind of down to earth after a strong couple weeks here. And man, he likes to throw interceptions to DBs in their first game, like Jeremy Clark and Deron Carter. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, there was a whole, whole big thing where it was going to be like they kept track on the TSN Twitter account, and then they got rid of that entire thing and just wrote pick six on it. Deron yeah. Carter wins. <laughs> and then what was the other one? The the Rod Peterson call on Saskatchewan radio where he said, "Bo oh, Levi, Levi Mitchell, Levi. shut your mouth." That was probably a Canadian heritage moment right there <laughs> for Ryder fans, and that was just awesome. And it, yeah, Jeremy Clark got a pick. Damon Webb, who's also a rookie that has been used a little bit this year, who I've been a fan of, had an uh-huh. inter- I believe an interception. Jacob Dearborn, who's been around the team since I believe 2019, had an interception. So it's good to see those guys who are you know lower on the depth chart uh, come out and be productive. Yeah, no doubt. So how did Duke and Shaq play coming back from injury and? And in Duke's case, I guess back from the NFL. You know, like yeah, it's it's been a few weeks for Shaq, and it's been a it's been a few months for Duke. So I wasn't expecting a lot, but they contributed in great ways on offense. Like Shaq caught some tough balls, and I mean Duke got that last second uh, the kick there at the end, but he also had some really nice catches and some nice first downs. So it was just really nice to see them be able to spread the ball around. And it got like, it got Kyran Moore another touchdown this year and he had a good game too. So it was really nice. Like I didn't need them to have a 150 yard game. I just wanted them to be part of the offense. So I, I thought they played outstanding. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree right now. Like looking at them, like come back, it was a good time for them to come back. Honestly, for a game like this, honestly, this looked like a CFL game on easy mode and I'm not going to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Calgary, what are you doing? But but looking at the uh, looking at the receiving stats, it's a nice little welcome back, sort of ease them back into it. Um, sure. Especially um, you know, especially Duke Williams. But no, I'm excited to see it uh, yeah. sort of grow and mature. I thought Duke played a little bit better than Shaq, but I mean, one guy was in the NFL, the other one wasn't, so that's kind of to be expected. The offense looked a lot better, I guess. I would say with these two guys back, but you know, Saskatchewan's uh, offense isn't perfect. Still, you got, there's still hiccups there, but overall, I think it's a, it's a significant improvement overall for the danger of Saskatchewan's offense. And you could see during the game, it freed up Iron Moore to do even more damage. So that was awesome to see. And then will Saskatchewan hold on to second place in the West. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it, well, it seems like it's their spot to lose at this point, and uh, 
like Calgary is going to have to finish really strong and get a uh, get ahead of Saskatchewan. I think they're going to have some good games coming up here with these receivers coming back. So uh, yeah, like I said, I just think it's theirs to lose. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those games where it's like if it was like when Winnipeg was playing against Edmonton the third time and they were like, you know, they won, but like, did they really deserve to win that game? You know, and it's like if they can win these games, then I feel like they'll be good to go. Yeah, for sure. With me, it's the only team that can realistically catch them is Calgary, and I just don't see it happening. So I think it's, you know, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Calgary going into the playoffs in the West. So let's jump into our power rankings. Number one, I think they've been number one either every week or almost every week has been Winnipeg. Number two, Saskatchewan. Three, Calgary, because that game was so close. Montreal, number four. Hamilton, five. Toronto, six. Ottawa, seven. EC, eight. And Edmonton in the basement. Where they should be. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, ours looks a little different. I got Winnipeg, one. Montreal, two. Uh, just because, I mean, to win like that with your backup quarterback's pretty good. Uh, Sask, three. They moved up. Toronto 4, Calgary 5, Hamilton 6, BC 7, Ottawa 8, and yeah, in the basement, Edmonton at 9. Um, I have got Winnipeg in 1st, Montreal 2nd, Sask 3rd, Calgary 4, Toronto 5, Hamilton in 6th. Hamilton was the team this week where I filled everybody else out, and I was like, well, this seems right for yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, yep. Then I got BC in 7th, Ottawa in 8th, and Edmonton in ninth. And the reason why I have uh bc above ottawa is because yeah ottawa was able to score a field goal but like bc was also playing against winnipeg so you know true i, I they don't have a better excuse yeah yeah, yeah exactly they have a better excuse <laughs> for their poor performance yeah. i mean you get shut out that's like yikes and then for cfl fantasy let's do our best positional options so Quarterback, I've got Jeremiah Mazzoli, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Taylor Cornelius. Is there anybody else you'd really consider this week? Uh, Moneybag Thompson. I'm going, uh, he's going to have a bounce back game after those four picks against, he's going to play BC. They're in Toronto. I think he's undefeated in Toronto this year. So yeah, I'm going Moneybags. Yeah, um, Toronto and Winnipeg are undefeated at home this year. Yeah. Nice. So that's a smart one. I mean, I'm going Bo. Same. I think, yeah, he, it it makes the most sense, like for the price. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Cornelius is kind of a boomer bust. If you need to pick a cheap quarterback, he's there. Mm-hmm. So for running back, I've got standback JWJ, Kadeem Carey, and DJ Foster. Anybody else? Uh, no. That you picked. You named all my running backs. Yeah, so, you did yeah. mine too. <laughs> yep. I guess. Uh, I don't know if Montreal's uh, defense has been good against the run game. I was going to say maybe William Powell, but that is also a stretch for the price to pay for him. Yeah, um, right. That's the thing. It's like I feel like every, there's no like decent starters that you can really pick from a good team anymore. True. Like I've got. They're all like, I went, crazy. Expensive. I went cheap. I went Kadeem Carey and DJ Foster as the running backs I picked this week. So didn't go See, for I- the pricier guys. Well, that's I'm going the opposite lately because I think we talked about this last week. The running backs are more consistent. Like I'm sure. William Stanback, James Wilder Jr., and DJ Foster, and my receivers are twenty five hundred bucks and forty four hundred bucks. 
And then let's go to receiver then. I've got Braylon Addison, Eugene Lewis, Jake Winicky, Ricky Collins, Josh Huff, Jalen Acklin, Kenny Stafford, Curly Gittins Jr., Stephen Dunbar, and what's his name? Tim White. Anybody else there that I missed? Uh, I'm just going to name one. Uh, Kamar Jordan. He he might be a good oh. pick this week against. Uh, if you're going with those pricey guys, he's ten grand, but he is playing Ottawa this week, so he could have quite a breakout game, being Bo's number one target. Yeah. And then, if you are picking a defense th- or this week, I would recommend it be Calgary because yeah, they are playing a very bad Ottawa team. So you got to pick one, pick one there. And then my value picks for this week are Keon Hatcher and I believe his first, what is his first name? Uh Saint Pierre uh John Saint Pierre of Toronto. Damon John Saint Pierre. They're pretty good and he's still cheap, so go get him. And then hey, oh, I got one, sorry here. I got a I have a value pick. It is Reggie White of Montreal. He's only twenty five hundred bucks. It was his first game last week. They threw him the ball twice. He caught both balls, uh, 13 and 14 yards. So I think they're going to start throwing his way a little bit more too, especially since they haven't been throwing Quan Bray's way quite as much. Yeah. So we're going to do our locks next. I've got Kadeem Carey going up against Ottawa because Calgary is going to blow them out and they're going to be running the ball a ton. And Kadeem Carey has been on point for a while here. So go with Kadeem Carey. Yeah, he's been playing really good lately. Um, my lock this week is actually a wide receiver. I'm going with Curly Gittins Jr. of Toronto. They've been throwing him the ball quite a lot lately. Last two games, he's been over 100 yards. Um, I don't see that changing. McLeod seems to like him. So, yeah, I think he's a good pick this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be rolling with Bo Levi Mitchell this week. I think just I always try to look for someone that's going to have a little bit like of a value aspect to them with my locks, and I really like uh, Bo Levi Mitchell's cost right now. Makes sense. And then let's get into our pick'em here. So for me, I have Calgary obviously beating Ottawa, and then Hamilton beating Edmonton, Toronto beating BC, and Sask beating Montreal. Yeah, we're uh, we're sitting the same this week. I'm 24 and 16, but I'm picking uh yeah, Calgary over Ottawa, Hamilton over Edmonton, Toronto over BC and Sask over Montreal. And I am rolling with this week. I am going Calgary, Hamilton, Toronto, and you know what? I think I've been debating it and just cuz it's the deadlock game and I actually uh for those for everybody, I guess um listening and i uh got the opportunity to talk to kadeem or not to kadeem what the hell um i got the opportunity to talk to kahari jones uh with the montreal alouettes uh for a little news story connecting to winnipeg so i am actually going to go with montreal this week Fair just enough. to break our, to break the tie between myself and taylor yeah well I, yeah and that's like that's a toss-up game. like i want sass to win because i'm a rider fan but montreal could win that game very well mm. too like it, it's a toss-up also, let me just say, you've really caught up. I mean, I had a hot start, and I kind of felt like I slowed down for my pickums. Yeah, we're both catching up to you, man. Yeah, I was going to say, even, yeah, even, even me, I'm above up. 500, man. Let's go. Yeah, like, 
and I, we're uh, we're better than I think every CFL writer, maybe except for one. One of them's got a record above five hundred, but the I rest will don't, so. I will fact check while we discuss the next question for game time cues here. So, who has more touchdowns, Calgary defense or the Ottawa QB? <laughs> I hate that this is a legitimate argument. It is a legit <laughs> question. It is. Yeah, like I'm picking Calgary's defense. I see a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown way before I see a touchdown for one of those guys. Uh, they figured out that uh, they figured out the quarterbacks there, and I don't see Devlin Hodge getting a first big touchdown. So yeah, I'm going Calgary's defense. <laughs> yeah, it's so unfortunate, but like I can't bring myself to pick any defense getting more touchdowns than an offense. I'm going to go Ottawa. Fair enough for me. Oh. I think it's Calgary because Ottawa hasn't thrown that many touchdowns this year. And I I could totally see Sean Levin coming from the side, strip sacking somebody and someone else taking it in for a touchdown. So I'll go with Calgary on that one. Now let's do Hamilton versus Edmonton. Uh, does Hamilton kind of roll Edmonton this week or does Edmonton kind of put up a fight? What do you think we're going to see this week? You know, I like I think Hamilton gets the win, but I think the I think it'll be a slow moving first half. Like Edmonton, just with the fatigue of travel and everything, Edmonton will have an okay start, but Montreal still gets the win regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the same. I mean looking at Edmonton right now, you can't really pick them to win anything because yeah. they can't <laughs> even beat Ottawa, but it's kind I mean, of been the tale of two Elks this year. Like, they've been competitive at points, and they've also looked like Ottawa's, you know, just as ugly cousin. So that That's pretty funny, a tale of two Elks. Yeah. So that's basically where I'm at with Edmonton. And for this game, I think they're going to be competitive, but they're not going to win. And BC versus Toronto. Uh, Cloud Bethel Thompson passing yards over under 250. Uh, I'm taking the over on that one. I think uh, I think he's going to have a really good game against BC this week. Like He threw four picks last week. I think he's got three or four touchdowns in him this weekend. 300 yards. I'm going under. I'm, I think uh, I, I still think he wins. I still think he wins. I just don't think this has been a very productive year for explosive quarterbacks. That is a bold take. For me, Cloud Bethel Thompson has always racked up yards, so I'm going to smash that over. And now let's go to Sask versus Montreal. What is the biggest X factor in this game? Because it's probably going to be the closest game of the week. So what is the key difference maker for these teams? Uh... It's, I think there's two parts to this because both these teams are really bad at getting bad penalties. So I'm going to say penalties and I'm going to say the deep ball because both these teams, like Montreal's been really good at the deep ball and Sask wants to be good at the deep ball. So I think that's where the game could lie is penalties and deep balls. Man, I was looking at this and seeing X Factor. That's not where my brain went. Um, <laughs> but if that's where we're going, then yeah, I think whichever team stays the most disciplined is the team that's sort of going to get the advantage in this game. And for me, for Saskatchewan, it's the O-line and how they perform, because the O-line's looked okay at times, and at others it's looked like the 2019 BC O-line. So, that's for them, and then for Montreal, I would say 
two starts at quarterback this week because I think Trevor Harris is available to come play. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest X factor for me. And I think if Trevor Harris is a bit more accurate quarterback starts, I think do some serious damage this week. And then let's move on to COVID activities. For me, I've been watching a series on Amazon called I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's based off the old horror movie. It's pretty good. Highly recommend. Hmm. Um, my COVID activity has been uh, playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005 on the original Xbox. I found it on the Xbox store the other day, and I've just been hooked. And uh, yeah, just loving it. Yeah, for me, it's been, uh, well, I've been, I watched DC Fandom when that came out. That was fun. Um, loved that. Super excited for some of the games coming out. And then as well as that, I've been keeping up with the Winnipeg Jets now that it's hockey season. Might as well uh, start getting into them a little more because the CFL season is going to be done before I know it. And then I'm going to have to find <laughs> another team to jump on. So might as well exactly. keep with the theme. Yeah, for me, I've been kind of watching the Raptors a lot recently just with how they're doing. And then... I believe that wraps up the show. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, you can find us on social media at True North CF Pod on Twitter and Instagram and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can also listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For the True North Canadian Football Podcast, I have been your host, Jimmy Leach, signing off.